acquaintance be <laughs> forgot and never brought to mind. Those lyrics don't really make sense to me, but okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, know what it's the it New Year song. It is what it is. Also, and then after you hear after you play that, you have to play Prince 1999. I don't know. Yes. That's just always the thing, right? That's like what you do in America. Anyways, welcome to that Park Life podcast. We're back, guys. It's not 2022 just yet, but we're gonna almost there. We're almost there, and we're gonna give you a little bit more content before we hit that hit that mark. So, I'm Beth, as always, hanging out with my boy here. It's Greg. It's New Year's Greg, almost New Year's. So. Greg. He's wearing sparkles. You can't see it, but he's his entire outfit is sparkles. Yeah, you know, New Year, New Me coming up, everybody. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait to debut. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a little uh, something what we did in the past. We're just kind of give you some flashbacks to some mm-hmm. topics we've talked about over time, things that I, I think are, are still holding up today. Uh, but before we get to that, I thought it would be fun to look back at some of the things that happened this year, not necessarily with this, with this podcast, but some things that you might not have remembered or... With the time warp that happens with COVID, it's like tough to tell mm-hmm. that this happened this year or last year, and yeah, we feel Sometimes like so long like ago. Three years ago that I'm like, yes, three years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought that was last year. So, um, so that and some some top Google searches. I don't know about you, but I always find that like Google will put out like their top searches in different categories for the year, and mm-hmm. as we're at the end of December now, they did that. And um, I always like to go in and see what Disney topics were on the tops Googled. of the charts, so to speak, for Google. So I did a little bit of research there. And now some of these are movie related, which you might, which might make sense, right? Because right. Marvel movies tend to be a big deal when they come out. Well, and we were all home. So it was like yeah. the only thing we had to like be excited about with movies. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, some categories, of course, had some Disney related searches at the top. The top Googled movie in 2021 was Black Widow. So it wasn't even a Marvel movie. And number two was The Eternals, which I didn't realize was as big. And maybe that's why people were searching about it. I haven't seen it, to be honest. Um, Number three for TV shows was WandaVision, which makes sense because Mm -hmm. it's probably my favorite TV viewing experience of 2021 was WandaVision. There's so much to unpack, too, in that show. You have to like, you're like, wait. However, if you told me WandaVision was the end of 2020, I would have believed you. Like, oh, yeah, that was totally 2020. That wasn't 2021. But nope, that was this year weird that was this year um that's it for like general google searches but mm-hmm. if you drill down a little bit to disney so if you were to if you were to take a look at google's top searches with the phrase disney in it or like disney related searches um number 25 was disney genie which debuted this year as we know um i thought for sure it would have been higher because people were really interested in it and still nobody knows what to do with it <laughs> yeah so. it's still it's still really new right we're all getting used to it i know i've talked about it on a couple of episodes um, I feel like we've had people on. There are plenty of TikToks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we have to look forward to the mouselets using it when they're here in January yeah. for some alternate perspective because I feel right. like I tend to listen to what they say because they're they're pretty good at what they do. So Disney Genie number twenty five, number nine in Disney Google searches was the Disney World mask policy hot button issue still oh, yeah. going around. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Because you just feel like you haven't heard it uh, about it in a while, so you're like, yes. oh, they must not be doing it anymore. It's nope. like, no, it's still a thing. Yeah, because I don't search the mask policy because I work there. Yeah. Like, I know the you mask know policy. So I, if you're right, I forget that like people who haven't been here in a but while. But I am like, kind of shocked that they out. haven't gone no mask, like back to the no mask. I don't know. Because they went backwards and they haven't just gone back to it yet. Unfortunately, locally speaking, we're another hot spot for our cases. So our numbers yeah, went, went right back up. We were good for a while, then we, we were right back up. 
Um, number five in our top Google searches in, in relation to Disney is Stitch Crashes Disney, which is a line of merchandise, which is interesting. You may remember that Stitch Stitch Crashes Disney was a line where they were coming out with, it would be like a, a Stitch something, but it would be Disney-related, like... It's not something that I purchased anything. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how popular it was. I who guess it was who real knew? Popular. What do you think the number one Disney related Google search is? If you had to take a guess, uh, Disney related, does it have something to do with like when they reopened? I, I believe it or not, no. The number one was a Marvel movie. Oh. And it was Shang Chi, which oh. I always have to try to pronounce correctly. Really? I'm pretty sure I did that. Yes. Of all things, right? Interesting. Yeah, huh. not Park Reopen. Because uh, Park Reopen was really 2020, but like, still, like, is yeah. this, is, you know, you name it, resort open? Is this feature right. back? Is this ride operating? Like, all that kind of stuff. No, Sh- Shang-Chi was number one. Um, I would like to go back in time now to do some some headlines. So this is a remember these headlines, question mark, <laughs> jingle. Um, so these things happened in 2021. And yet, I don't know. If you would have asked me when it happened, I'd be like, dude, that's been going on for like ever. So um, we'll go all the way back to September when annual pass sales resumed in September. It feels like longer than that. That was September? Yeah. There was the Ohana menu outrage that happened between July and August. So the Ohana restaurant at the Polynesian reopened in July. With rice. I went for for opening night. Uh, I really liked that meal. People, the... The people who have strong opinions about Ohana, I always like to say outrage in quotes yeah. because it, like, let's be serious. People we will just be got telling upset. our grandkids about this. Well, yeah. one time back in 2021, they tried to give us rice instead yes. of these noodles, and everyone had a riot. There was that particular Disney blog, who I'm going to no longer refer to as Disney News. Yeah. Um, there was one that one particular Disney blog that created the shirts that said Save the Noodles, and they think that they yeah, actually like save the kind of single-handedly. And maybe but they the, you know what the, but, but the internet did save the noodles because... They did. It did. If you it, That was when we first kind of learned, I guess. Maybe not first learned, we but learned like, our we power. learned that, yeah, we learned our power. Like, if you're mad enough about it. Now, we can't do anything about say, like ticket prices, but <laughs> we can be mad about noodles. We can. Um, fireworks returned to Disney in July. July 1st July. was uh, Happily Ever After at the time. Yep. <laughs> R.I.P. Happily Ever After. We can't make that come back either. Gosh, come no, on, guys. We need, to, we need to really come together for this. Has I there been a we... website created yet for Happily Ever After? <laughs> Save happilyeverafter.com, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Need to Google it. Um, going back to May is when they changed the mask policy so that you don't have to wear masks outdoors, Outside, yeah. which was a big yeah it's a big deal deal yeah because for a while as you, you can take your mask off while you're taking a photo but you have to put it right back on Ugh. you can take it off while you're eating but you have to be stationary while you're eating because right. otherwise people would be using it as in well i'm eating basically well, okay, it was like you're eating for 30 minutes suffocate while you're here outside yes. so yeah right in time for summer we got mm-hmm. rid of that which is great magic mobile debuted in march so the ability to use your cell phone instead of a magic band mm-hmm. or a, a keys to the kingdom card if you remember those or any of those types of things yeah that was in march we're coming up on a year wow. of magic mobile being a thing also in march they were doing their testing of facial recognition do you remember oh, that when, yeah. the, when people were like not happy about that yeah they started testing that they were like because um, now i can't go in as someone else <laughs> no well yeah well <laughs> I have well to be that me. and People were more worried about like a privacy yeah. thing. That why are they taking yeah. my photo? But guys, they literally they take your photo every single time you enter a park. There are cameras right up there. Yeah, they take, but it's not like a. Photo. It's different than like your face recognition on your phone. 
my point though is that like how much more information can they get out of me? I, I mean, know. as yeah. a cast member, they already yeah. have my fingerprints and everything they ever need Your to know blood. about me. But they basically have the blood. <laughs> they they plucked one strand of my hair yeah. too, and they had a hard time finding it. Um, but anyway, they got it. The last <laughs> they, one. Uh, they have they are they have our information right. But anyway, um, nothing came of that. They didn't really use that as an alternate um, park entry method i mean it might come back yeah if they're, or they're might just be you know, gathering their using data. it we don't know it it's fine <laughs> yeah they're they're farming all that data out um by the way I, that's a joke i don't know if that's what they're doing anyway um let's go all the way back to january when the everglazed donut shop opened oh, in yeah. disney springs that was just about a year ago when i had right. my peanut butter explosion and my go-to joke about the peanut butter explosion donut is they call it that because <laughs> that's what it's called before and after a peanut butter explosion very good very delicious stuff still haven't had everglazed and, uh, yet yeah, we just hadn't it's gotten still over good. there in our trips. I will tell you if if you haven't been there um, and you're you got a trip coming up, yeah. it is a meal of a donut, yeah, right? So I would I... expect to either share it or to have it over the course of a day or a couple of Which, days. Which like already makes my stomach hurt, but yeah, I don't know. You, this is the sacrifice that I'm willing to make. Yeah, I've had some great donuts from there. I, I will say that. So just a quick little look back about some things that happened in 2021. So now we'll do a little time traveling, and you'll hear Beth and Greg of the past. And what I kind of like about these things, these types of uh, shows we do here, we kind of highlight some things we've done in the past, is times were different when, when, when we recorded yeah. some of these things. And it's really interesting sometimes to, to hear we were our conversations about, <laughs> yeah, about like character dining experiences mm-hmm. were different and like we'll probably wind up mentioning fast passes. So it's just, yeah. it's just the nature of stuff. But here you go. A little Greg and Beth of the past. You're welcome. Let's head over to Tomorrowland for... You know, one of Greg's all-time favorite Disney attractions. Me too. I even have my 40, was it 45 years of People Mover shirt? 40? I feel like that's like my go-to people. Anyway, um, I'm excited to talk about the People Mover because it is something that I have always loved as a kid. And when I say kid, I really mean it. Once I accidentally left my camera that had film in it on that attraction and it took a long time to find it. I once (laughs) left my fanny pack, you heard me. I guess I have a history of leaving things uh, on that attraction. I just remember it as a kid. So, of course, (laughs) I still love it as an adult. Of course, it's not open right now. It's not scheduled to reopen until at least December. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, of course, let's start with how Disney describes it. Board an elevated tram for a leisurely voyage through Tomorrowland. During your narrated tour, go behind the scenes of attractions like Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, Space Mountain, and Star Trader's Retail Shop. See Architectural Models of Progress City, the prototype for Epcot. You'll enjoy amazing up-close views of the park from a unique vantage point. They say, there's a, a part of that ride that'll say uh, something about how it's great for people watching. You, know, you never know who you're going to see. And actually, one time, I saw someone I didn't know was also in the park. This was like pre-Instagram, <laughs> though, where you can kind of like get an idea of who might be in the park. Right. And show enough. There was someone you would I think, too, that they might be more talking about characters. But let me tell you, you'll almost 99% always see Buzz Lightyear out there. Yes. At least his... that's how that's our experience. Yes. Like Buzz is always out when we ride the People Mover. He's moved. I mean, right now, the you know, the People Mover hasn't reopened, but Buzz is doing his meet and greets, more of a greet. Meet and greet? He's He could be seen on the, uh, on the rocket. I forget the name of it, man. But, you know, the stage over there in Tomorrowland. Yes. Um, he alternates with Stitch. And right now they're in their Christmas, so it's... It's right. um, he puts a hat on, he? He puts his little hat and say, you know, and uh, Stitch has his little like Christmas outfit on too. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, Tomorrowland Transit Authority has three lines the blue line, the red line, and the green line. The red line takes passengers to other destinations in the galaxy, the green line 
brings passengers to Tomorrowland's hoverburbs. Think like, I don't know, maybe floating neighborhoods instead of suburbs. And the blue line, the one that we actually have for the attraction, thus the color scheme, um, the blue line is a way for people to get to Tomorrowland's intracity. It's the intracity train system taking them around to Tomorrowland. So that's the story of the attraction. Let's talk about how it was built, where it came from. The first concept of this kind of this type of attraction came to Disneyland in 1967 during a, one of their refurbishments of Tomorrowland. The one over there had a version with ride vehicles that had tires on it. It was actually sponsored by Goodyear, and they were continuously driven by electric motors. This one's a little bit different. By the time the Walt Disney World version developed in 1975, obviously there was some new technology available. The tires of the Disneyland version were replaced by 533 electromagnets, which all generated an effect called linear induction. I don't know anything about that concept until having read up on it. <laughs> sounds like science. It sounds like science. Uh, it is the uh, so a series of magnets, and they can push and pull the ride vehicles with carefully timed pulses. So they're releasing magnetic pulses that are either pushing or pulling the vehicles forward, or sometimes a little bit backward. If, you have, if you've ever been on the ride where it shuts down, you like sometimes go backward a little bit and kind of like not yeah. lock into a place, but you kind of rock into like a, a, a stationary right. spot. So you can kind of get the idea that there are magnets. The ride vehicles have no onboard moving parts. I'm not talking about the doors here because obviously they open and close, but the idea that there are no wheels. Right. Which is kind of interesting. This, Which uh, is crazy to think about for like that time period, right? Yeah. It's like, 1975. Like, yeah. Like this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, in 1975, July 1st was the date that this opened up as the Wedway People Mover, Wed being Walter Elias Disney. Um, Nicole and I still call it Wedway sometimes. We grew up on it being called Wedway. We just call it Wedway. But also, like, publicly, we refer to it as People Mover. Right. The track is 4,570 feet long. So, like, not quite a mile, but not too far from it. At open, there were 30 trains with each having five cars. And they're, they're num- not numbered, lettered. A, B, C, D, and E. A is awesome because there's no one in front of you. And E is awesome if you're the last car. If you face backwards, then there's no one behind you. You feel like you're on the ride by yourself. That's true. That's true. The ride was carefully integrated with the different areas and attractions of Tomorrowland. Obviously, the narration follows you around. You get a little glimpse of the different Mm -hmm. attractions going on there. Um, It was considered a key element. This was like among the anchors of the land because Tomorrowland is, is supposed to be the land on the move. And we've always talked about that, that kinetic energy feeling that Imagineers have, that it's cool to walk into a place and see things moving, just things are, are, are moving right. and shaking, right? And if you walk into Tomorrowland, yes, you can see Astro Orbiters and even the designs above that moving. But if you look around that too, you can also see the cars of the, of the uh, mm-hmm. people mover going around. We all know that we get a glimpse of the um, architectural model of Epcot, or at least the version of Epcot that never came to life like the true experimental right. prototype community of tomorrow. The model that we see within our people mover actually came from the Disneyland version of Carousel of Progress. So as you uh-huh. exited the attraction in their like, you know, post attraction playroom kind of thing, showroom, yeah. they had the, the, that model of Epcot the model. Yeah. When the Carousel of Progress moved to Disney world in the seventies in 1975, the model came with it. But it didn't go to our Carousel of Progress. It went to where it is in the right. people mover. You can see it. Yeah. I always, um, I mean, it. you know, when you're passing it, like, you're a kid. It's like, okay, whatever. This is just, like, some stupid model. Yeah. 
Um, but when you think about it, it's like this was what he like really wanted it to be over there. Yeah. Could you, you know, like what happened? if that? Re- yeah, I was like, what if that actually happened? I mean, there'd be probably a world war over there, but <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how expensive it'd be to live there. But I'm like, that's know. what he like. That was his vision, right? To like yeah. start kind of like how he wanted like this community to look like. So, yeah, it's a, that's a big, it's a big idea. So yeah. let's talk about how this attraction changed. And although there hasn't been a ton of like gigantic changes over the years, mm-hmm. there's been some small things and some very noticeable things along the way. Um, it was originally. Oh, what was that? That was some mozzarella sticks. It was originally <laughs> yeah. narrated by Jack Wagner, but was replaced by ORAC1, O-R-A-C, uh, the computer commuter, in um, which was used until 1994. 94 mm-hmm. was a pretty big year for Tomorrowland. It underwent a huge refurbishment. Part of that was renaming the ride to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. That's it. Not right. People Mover, just Tomorrowland right. Transit Authority. The At TA. that point... The TTA. At that point, the narrator was Pete Renaday. That lasted. His narration lasted from '94 to 2009. So, I feel like essentially this was the soundtrack to my childhood in yeah. Disney World. And I have a clip, and I'm gonna and I want to play this for you because I can't believe I didn't recognize his voice from other things in okay. Disney World. So this is the 1994 to 19 to uh, 2000, and what did I say? 2009. So 15 yeah. years. This was the the guy from. The people mover. The Tomorrowland Metro Retro Historical Society presents Walt Disney's 20th century vision for the future. This model city dared to dream the perfect community in which to work, live, and play. And play. So get this. He, was that not the por favor Montego de no. His name is Scott, and I happen to yeah, have met him personally. Yeah. Um, but no, his name is Pete, and he also has done the voice of Henry from the Country Bear Jamboree, uh, and okay. the voice of Abe Lincoln in the Hall of Presidents, and wow. he's Big time. and he's the narrator in the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Okay, yeah, he's gotten yeah. around. So like, um, and I'm going to tell you about the next narrator of of uh, People Mover now. But you know, you can tell they kind of manipulate the voices a little bit. But that's the guy from those right. from those three attractions. I'm yeah, sure they maybe. change inflection a little bit here and there. But is that's the him. Uh, the most recent guy? Is it the guy that kind of talks like this? <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> um, I'm I'm getting to that right now. We're still in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. um, let's talk about a little bit about some of the changes we saw before that because originally the tunnel um, after you around the corner after. Carousel of Progress, where you now go through the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin showroom. Mm-hmm. There used right. to be three windows there, two on the right and one on the left. Now there's just the two on the right that um, only one of them is a window now, but we'll get there in a minute. Back in the day, the attraction that was there was If You Had Wings. Uh, that was the attraction that occupied that space mm-hmm. back then. The windows, the three of them, were carefully placed to reveal certain show scenes from that attraction. So the windows were placed there because of what they looked down onto. So they were set up so that you don't see like the behind the scenes stuff. You actually see what you would see. Yeah. As if you were on the attraction when it closed and transformed into Delta dream flight, the scenes didn't line up with the windows properly. The third one, if they left it open, was just going to shine. It was just going to show a big bright light shining through. So like, well, that doesn't make sense. So they just boarded it up and we lost that window. And then obviously the attraction changed again there to Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin 
And at that point, they closed down one of the windows, like the same kind of thing. It just wasn't showing the right thing. And now it's a diorama of the hair salon that we see. Yeah. Um, I always has... wondered. I was like, I feel like this is really random. But it okay. is random. And I guess if you're like, if you kind of think of it as like, a, I guess, a continuation, because right after you see the the old Epcot model on the right, they have like mm-hmm. the TTA line and it kind of has like a robot and a futuristic feel. Yeah. But there's not a lot of like, you know, uh, future life anywhere else. Right. Like, except for that one spot. Bit... It feels like a little bit of like an afterthought. Like they just needed something to fill in there. It was like, yes. I don't know, make like a futuristic salon, salon or something. Which has nothing to do with Buzz Lightyear. Sp- no, it's not even no. like there's a side scene in the movie that talks about how he goes to a salon because he's the right. dude. It could have been anything. I don't know. Um, and then the the one window that's left is still truly a window and you can see into the attraction of mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear Space Rangers. But it has made yeah. some Imagineers a little irked because you can see some of like the big black lights that are used to create the effect right. in the ride where normally you're not supposed to see them. They were up in that part of the building for a reason. Yep. So there's a little bit of like a little bit of, I don't want to say contention about it, but some people are not right. fans about yep. how it's uh, quote ruining the show a little bit. So let's go to 2009. I told you that Pete Renaday was the narrator from 1994 to 2009. So starting in in 2009, there was a change in narration. It became Mike Brassel to the Brazel or Brassel. Let's say Brassel. He okay. took over, uh, and let's talk about Mike for a sec. He is also, and I hyped this in the beginning of the episode, he is also the narrator for Living with the Land. And oh. once I read that, I was like, oh my God, you're right. It's the same yeah. voice. It's just, you. Know, it's a little bit different, obviously, because right. like, they're doing different moods, right? Yeah. Living with the Land's yeah. a little bit more calm, and yeah. uh, Tomorrowland's a little bit more excited because it's, you know, you're overlooking huh. the, the quote city. But I've always referred to the narrator of Living with the Land as fake Matthew Broderick because I always thought it sounded a little bit like a younger, yeah. like the knockoff version of, sure. of Matthew Broderick. So I was Googling, um, if you know what I'm, I was Googling my Brussels, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, <laughs> I found out, I found like his professional website of oh. like his virtual resume, so to speak, his portfolio. And I just thought it's so interesting to hear Someone who does all these, like, two, I'm going to say iconic attractions, okay? Because I'm a big fan of Living with the Land. I did it today. And um, the people mover. But this is something else he does. He also, I mean, among the long list of things he's done for companies, because he does, like, ads for them and whatnot. He was a voiceover guy. He also um, does, like, the hold message when you call a certain car dealership. So here's just a little bit of that. If you want to hear, like, the same type of voice, but just outside of a Disney context. Yeah. California's number one new and certified pre-owned automotive retailer. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line and someone will be with you shortly. Do y'all feel like you're on hold for a moment? So obviously he's he went a little bit deeper there, but like the root of his voice, yeah, I can like totally... Yeah, sounds a little bit deeper on that it's one. It's definitely but... deeper. He actually has on his website, he says he could. it's a range from deep right. and rich, neutral to urban, and then sexy and something else. So I'm like, wow, this, he's just covering all the bases, man. It's so weird. Yeah. Like... I know. I'm like, how do you even get that job? Like, you sent, like, how does Disney pick people for those things? You know what I, I mean? I don't know. They must have an agent who was like, hey, hey, we got one for you guys. He's going to narrate yeah. your people mover ride. So interesting. Mm. I, I just, mean, when are they going to call us is what I'm saying. Like, I want to know. They don't want. Clearly, they listen to our podcast. Yeah. So. My gosh. I'm just I'm sitting here waiting, guys, waiting by the phone. It's never going to ring. So, yes, he's also the narrator. You want me to do this, boys, on huh? the people mover. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be so ridiculous. It'd be the least attended attraction. Um <laughs> So the next time you're on the people mover, which might be a little while, I'm aware, and then you maybe go on living with the land in the same trip, just keep your ears open yeah. and see if you can hear the same voice. 
Mm. Last change we'll mention about this attraction. On August 5th, 2010, it was officially renamed again, this time to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, kind of a combination of the old Webby People Mover and then the then newer Tomorrowland Transit Authority. They kind of combined it all. And now it's the TTA people. Where my favorite motto is, take tomorrow's nap today. Yes. <laughs> that used to be a shirt that I made. Yes. You can't, you can't get it anywhere Can't now, get it. Of, Which makes it like rare and That's one of a kind. Right. You can't have it. It's a relic. It's a fossil. <laughs> Love it. Um, some other cool facts about this attraction. There is, believe it or not, a real world application of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. So when Disney and Walt Disney Imagineers and, and whatever they were called back then in the 70s came up with this uh, technology for Disney World, they were trying to market it around to other places like airports oh. or, I don't know, train, train stations, you know, yeah. places where they would need mass transit to use their linear induction technology. And only one place purchased the technology and it was the Houston Intercontinental Airport in 1981. So they have a, it's still there as far as I can tell. I'm yeah. not an expert on airports in, in Texas, but the best I could tell, it's still there. Obviously, the cars are different. They're enclosed because, you know, right. people were throwing the luggage overboard. But it's the technology that they that they really were focusing on, the moving from, you know, spots uh, right. by use of magnets. And the Disney Company was actually consulted during the installment. So they bought the technology and Disney was actually involved when it was put there. Cool. It's interesting. interesting. Yeah. The page a lot of different things. Yeah. The uh paging Mr. Morrow, they say that you mm -hmm. hear so as you enter Space Mountain and you're just it's to the it's uh before you get to the part you actually yeah, like see or hear Depends the on attraction. where you're sitting in the car. Yeah. Like because I feel like there's been times that I'm like, I can't hear it at all. And then there's times where it's literally right in your ear. Yes. So. Um, they hey, say, Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. It is an inside joke among Walt Disney Imagineers. There was a Tom who was head of the operations of the Mission to Mars attraction, which is no longer there. Right. Um, and they say that's just, they're just keeping his memory alive. Now, I, of course, it just happens to work that it is Tom Morrow. Morrow. Yes. His last name was not Morrow. Um, although there is only one real station, the Blue Line, of course, that's at the Rocket Tower Plaza where we board and exit the attraction. There are several stations listed throughout the rides. If you listen to the narration or look at the plaques and stuff, they list other stations which don't exist. But their names are the Tomorrowland Interplanetary Convention Center, the okay. Mickey Star Traders Red and Green Line Transfer Station, which you kind of see a little bit of yeah. right yeah. after the, the Epcot model there. Oh, yeah. They have a Star Command headquarters station, which mm -hmm. they were able to fit in a fake Toy Story Buzz Lightyear station, but they couldn't put a Buzz Lightyear related thing. And they put a hair salon up in the tunnel. <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. And uh, one, of, one of the other stations they uh, say exists, but again, doesn't really exist, is the Metropolis Science Center. So it's like they're putting, mm -hmm. they put some thought into how this was a multi-station train situation. Again, right. just part of the story, not, not real stuff. What's, oh, sorry, keep going. No, what? You have a question? I was going to say, what's your favorite part of it? Of the whole attraction? Yeah, of the attraction. Everything. Um, here, <laughs> Everything. I do have one last cool fact, but before okay. we get to that, there are a couple of things that happened for me on this attraction, and I'm sure that some will agree, perhaps even you. The, um, the walkway up is like kind of cool because you get to go up a little bit. You see like kind of different um, 
different view view uh like the the different views of tomorrowland start right as you're boarding the attraction because you're boarding right. elevated and you get a little car fine i always like like to see if i'm going to get the front or the back car because those are my preferred cars mm-hmm. either a or e and then as soon as it take off i feel like it's just an immediate relaxed feeling that overcomes yes, yes. and then you're cruising around a little bit of wind and whatever hair is left on my head just blows in the yeah. breeze all three of them yes all three hairs just kind of holding on for dear life blowing in the wind <laughs> do you put your feet up do you put your feet up I hate that I do because it's probably gross, but yes, I do. I mean, we do. Do y'all sit opposite each other on the same side? Uh, it depends. Just whatever we're in the mood for. Nicole doesn't always mm-hmm. like going backwards, which I don't okay. mind necessarily. It just depends. Yeah. Um, the There's a couple of things we look forward to, one of which is the smell of Space Mountain. You know, mm-hmm. we all know Disney has certain smells, right? That's like yeah. not a new concept for us. We talk about it, but there's this, one of the smells that I, I feel like I can pinpoint with my eyes closed is the smell of Space Mountain. And you get it mm-hmm. like right as you bank into the Space Mountain and it starts to go dark as you're inside the attraction. Just yeah. It's a moment of peace and tranquility for me. Um, I think it's fun to hear the people scream on Space Mountain when you're, when I you're in there. I know. I always love it. I'm like, oh yeah, here we are. Yes. My only, it's hard in the daytime because if it's really sunny out and then you go in there, you literally can't see can't anything. See anything. Like, but sometimes, yeah. But then like at nighttime, you're, you're, when your eyes are more adjusted, you can see more things. Yes. So. I love, it's fun during the day. I love people mover at night because tomorrow in the night is so awesome. Or like right at dusk, like yes. right when it, the sun's not really fully down yet, but the lights have come on. Yep. Oh, that's it's so nice. Um, so and back great. when they were doing fireworks and when you were coming around the bend where you actually face out, it's pretty much the end of the attraction. When you come out of the buzz right. light, your area and you're rounding the corner and you can see out over towards the hub and the castle and they're doing fireworks. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool thing. Wanna- do you want to know what my favorite thing about it is? Yeah. Um, the fact that they let me ride it twice whenever <laughs> I want. I literally just do the finger loop and they're like, yep. This next flashback comes from an episode where we were discussing different Disney rumors or myths or quote facts and whether they were true or not. And this particular one is about the entire park of Epcot and how it came to be. Um, I'll take us over to Epcot. This one was submitted by the Mouselets, and um, it kind of makes sense when you read it. So the rumor or the myth or the legend was that Epcot was supposed to have been two separate parks with two admissions. So basically, it would be two separate, like totally separate entities. Um, I wound up reading up on this on a book called The Hidden Magic of Walt Disney World, which is typically my go-to source material for uh, when we have to do like research and stuff. And there's a I little, just like Wikipedia. yeah, well, I usually go out to Wikipedia and other things to verify what I'm reading. Cause you know, it's just one source. And you kind of want to like get some, get some uh, facts out there. So in this book, there's a little blurb in there about um, how Epcot came to be. And this is the very boiled down version of it, right? Cause you could do a whole episode yeah. basically on how Epcot came to be. And we know that Walton had a vision for Epcot, which you can still see once the people mover mm-hmm. reopens as the city of the future model out there, you know? That was like the original conception for it. And we know that Walt didn't actually live to see the creation of Epcot at all. He died in 66. And a lot of the elements of his plan, you know, ultimately a self-contained community in a utopian city uh, weren't utilized in the Epcot that we know. However, some people are go on to say that they think the original plans of like a shopping, dining, entertainment complex and stuff is basically the inspiration for downtown Disney and the celebration city in Florida. But um all of those ideas of epcot weren't really used the way that walt had intended originally so the imagineers at the time had two differing concepts for epcot 
One of them was a park showcasing the latest technology, and the other camp was uh, coming up with a park that highlighted different world cultures. So they were debating as to which way should they go with Epcot, and just one day, one of the Imagineers took the two tables that were next to each other with the different models and pulled them together, and then boom, we have Epcot. Yeah, it is crazy because it does seem like these two kind of real separate ideas but i'm glad it's only one ticket price so when you think about how what is future world now and i say it that way because they're changing the names of the quote neighborhoods in epcot as the refurbishment continues at a much lower pace right now um they really don't like match and i thought that was just i've always accepted it that way i never really like examined it but like they're just two totally different vibes like completely they do do it do do that Our last flashback comes from an episode where we were rating Disney couples, not like people that were walking by, actual like Disney character couples. And this particular one was from a, let's call it a world famous attraction in Tomorrowland. All right, what's your next one? Okay, so my last one is also from the parks. And I have some audio for this as well, because I thought... As much as I want to convince everybody, and I'm going to try to, about how I feel about this particular couple on this like nationally renowned classic Walt Disney attraction, even beyond mm-hmm. Walt, you know, Disney World, this is a Walt Disney attraction. Um, I want them to display it for everyone to hear. So mm-hmm. we follow this family through time, but how good is the relationship between John and Sarah in Carousel of Progress? John and Sarah are the names of the like two main characters from the Terminator movies, right? That's Sarah Connor and John Connor, yes. right? Anyway, coincidence? Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, spoiler, is not great in my opinion, this relationship. Oh. So if you listen to their interactions, in my mind, most of them, and I know that you're going to hear this and be like, Greg, you left out this part. So my argument is that most of the interactions, again, not all, most of the interactions are sarcastic, flippant, mm-hmm. is a nice vocab word for everybody, dismissive, right. insincere, like you can tell if they weren't audio animatronics, they'd have been rolling their eyes at each other. And there's one particular time when Sarah is um, saying a stock phrase that I bet you have said to your spouse, the general you, not just you, Beth, but like people have said to their mm-hmm. spouse. Um, and, yeah. they, and she says it under her breath, and it is indicative of an unhealthy relationship. So um, with no further ado, I put together just a, look, a quick little compilation. Um, it's about a minute and a half of some of the conversations throughout the entirety okay. of Carousel of Progress. <laughs> Sarah sure gets to the core of the apple. But we do have this new wash day marvel. Now it takes me only five hours to do the wash. Imagine, it used to take two days. Well, that's right, folks. Now Sarah has time for other things like... Like canning uh, and cleaning the oven. Yes, dear. Well, ovens don't just clean themselves, you know, dear. I know, dear. <laughs> Sarah's Ladies Club is responsible for our town's 4th of July celebration tonight. She's got us all roped into performing in their program, and I... I decided we're going as George and Martha Washington, dear. Oh, the father of our country. (laughs) That's a role that really fits me. You know, I... I'm so glad we installed an electric light fixture here on the porch, because it's just too darn hot to be sewing inside. Yes, Sarah. (laughs) Grover, don't interrupt while Sarah's interrupting. John, this papering is getting out of hand. I could use a little help. Now, Sarah, didn't I set up that clever automatic paint stirring machine for you? Yes, John, you're a genius. 
Of course, this will ruin my food mixer. Not that you'd care. For us out there? Yeah, and maybe sometime in the new century, your father will learn how to talk to our oven. Well, maybe by then, ovens will read our minds. Okay, so a couple of things. Okay, Sarah is a whiny little you-know-what. <laughs> Gosh, I never picked up on that before. Yeah. So I don't want to pin this. Hopefully this doesn't sound like I'm pinning this all on him or her. I think it's a combination of the two of them. Yeah. So you'll notice his use of the word deer, which he's only using like as a weapon, right? He's not, mm -hmm. he doesn't mean it. Yeah. He's saying it sarcastically. Yeah. Okay, deer, right? It's that thing that yeah. couples do when like, like, it's like how, you know, people in your neck of the woods say, bless your heart, but that's really not what they're saying. Yeah. Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's that. You'll notice that when she's talking about the mixer, she does the nut that you'd care anyway kind of thing, which means that's probably pointing to some other things that he's done around the house right. to, to upset right. her. Uh, but she also could communicate that. Instead, she just you know speaks sarcastically about it. Um, she also takes a little dig at him about the oven because it was he who led the oven to like go to the 975 degrees, although he didn't mm -hmm. realize who was doing it. But she, of course, has to call him out on it um, right. in, a, in a not funny way, by the way, actually, it turns out. And yeah. um, it's and like you funny just... when you listen to all of those, when you listen to all those clips back to back, you're like, oh my gosh. But like when you're in the attraction, you're like, oh, this is funny. Like they're bantering back and forth, like a 90s sitcom. Just like chatting. it just sounds like home improvement, but like in an earlier phase of life or whatever. Yes. So I'm going to say, man. I'm going to say two out of 10 because they raised Ooh. kids. They're, they're, they're together for the kids. Okay. They are doing this for the children, I think. And yeah. And Uncle Orville and Grandma playing the video game. So but what overall, you're saying is once the kids graduate from high school, they probably are getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah. She's happy. She finally got her, her laptop fired up because she's going on FarmersOnly.com. Yeah. And he's already got Tinder on his phone. She just doesn't know it yet. Lowered expectations. <laughs> oh, my God. From Mad TV. you remember that? Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, once those kids are oh, out, that's it. Man. They're done. They're donezies. Okay, well, I'm going to give them, for all of those reasons, I'm going to give them a 5 out of 10 because okay. they kind of tried. It's not really working out. It's not working They're out. They're doing the thing. I don't know. I feel like we could probably all relate or know someone who's kind of either from an ho a household that was a lot like this or yes. um, has friends that were from households like this. The funny thing about the him ruining the mixer in that scenario yeah. is in my life, um, uh, we had put it, we had, we do have a KitchenAid like mixer, stand mixer. We had gotten it mm -hmm. as part of whatever part of our wedding, a, a shower or yeah. something, right? Because I am yeah, cheap and probably so nice. wouldn't buy myself. And they're awesome. But I'm the only one who yeah. uses it. Nicole doesn't use it. I, I use it. Really? Like pretty, yeah. That's not a knock on her. Just for whatever reason, I am in the position yeah. to use it more. So like I wouldn't what use that use as a it? paint. What do you use it for? I'm not I'm advanced, okay? I'm t like simple things like uh, making homemade whipped cream because I'm not sitting there and whipping it myself. Okay. Or just like yeah, generic cooking. Yeah, still like most people don't make homemade whipped cream. Oh, it's so, that's so like much a, better, guys. You can choose how much sugar you want I, it and vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Just as, you know, this is a Disney podcast, but a quick aside on making your own fresh homemade whipped cream. You can set it and forget <laughs> it. It's the Ronco chicken yeah. oven, okay? Because it it takes minutes for it to whip up. So you put, I literally put it, all the ingredients, I mean, it's just the, the um, heavy whipping cream, sugar, and vanilla to your liking. And I put it on, on whip. And then I walk away. I literally walk away for like four minutes and come back. And then it's just about done. Then you kind of have to pay attention so it's not overwhipping it. But easy. Did we just have an infomercial on our podcast? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Well, I didn't. Oh, well, I guess, yeah, for KitchenAid. Hey, maybe they can Greg, sponsor send us. send us your link. Yes. <laughs> send us your link. Hashtag. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you should just go ahead and tag uh, KitchenAid. KitchenAid, yes, please. Set this please podcast do. up. 
So that was some Greg and Beth of the past. We'll be with you next week for some brand new content. Mm -hmm. Until then, we hope you have a magical new year. And as always, we thank you for your support. Thanks for listening to us this past year. And we look forward to bringing you some new content in 2022. Yeah, we'll see you next year. 